If you still have your Bibles, keep them open there for just a little bit to uh, Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. I'm going to use that verse as the introduction to my message this morning uh, and then uh, branch out from there in a couple different uh, directions. Uh, but Jeremiah writes, Thy words were found, uh, sort of implying that he had to look for the, the, uh, the word of God. Uh, we don't have to look. We have it right here in the Bible. Uh, and that's what that verse is saying, thy words. And the Bible is the word of God. Second Peter 1.21 says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And I believe the Bible that we have was written by God, word for word, uh, punctuation mark for punctuation mark. Uh, I, I believe the King James Version is the, is the English version that God wants us to have that was preserved uh, from the original. And so I believe that I hold in my hand this morning the Word of God, the very Word of God. So Jeremiah says, I, I have the Word of God. And then he said, I did eat them. Now I'm going to come back to that in just a second, what it means to eat the Word of God. He said, I did eat them. But I want you to notice the, the next couple of phrases. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. He says, as I consumed the word of God, as I ate the word of God, it created joy in my heart. And not only joy, but that joy caused my heart to rejoice even further. And so it, it was a cycle. I ate some of the word of God. I found some joy. That added to the joy that was rejoicing that was already in my heart. And so I, I just joyed some more, which called more rejoicing in my heart. I ate some more of the word of God, got some more joy, and just had joy, 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 joy down in my heart all the time. Because I ate the word of God. And he says, one of the reasons I have joy in my heart is because I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah would say, I'm a child of God. I belong to God. I'm, I, I'm a member of God's family. I, 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 I'm one of God's people. He was a Hebrew. He says, I, I, I'm one of God's people. Today, we would say we're called by God's name. We're called Christians. We're called little Christ. And again, because we know Jesus as our Savior, we bear that name and we bear that title. And that ought to cause us to have that joy, unspeakable and full of glory, down in our hearts. And so, I found the Word of God. I ate them. I ha it caused joy and rejoicing. And one of the reasons I joy and rejoice is because I am called by thy name. So how do we eat the Word of God? I mean, we want that same joy. How do we eat the Word of God? Do I tear a page out of my Bible and put it between two pieces of bread, smear some peanut butter on there, and, and eat it? That's not what the Bible's talking about. Uh, I, I've known some people that, that think they can get the Bible through osmosis. They wait till the end of the day to start reading the Bible, and invariably they fall asleep with their Bible on their chest. They haven't read very much, but they think they're going to get some uh, through, uh, th through that Bible being on their chest all night. Uh, but we don't get it through osmosis. We don't get it by physically eating it. 
How, how do we eat the Word of God? I'm going to give you five quick ways that we eat the Word of God or that we consume the Word of God. You might think, well, are these the five main points of your message? No, I'm still in my introduction. I'll get to my message in just a minute. We consume the Word of God. We eat the Word of God, number one, as we read it. As we read it. As we open this book and we read the history that's in this book. By the way, the world is still catching up to the history that's in the Bible. You see, God doesn't make any mistakes. He knows what happened. We, we're, mankind's still catching up, and they're still discovering things that, that, that men say prove the Bible. No, the Bible doesn't need to be proved. Man just needs to catch up to the Bible. So we open it up, and we read the history that's in this book. We open this book and read the poetry that's contained in this book. Some of the most beautiful poems in the world were written by God, including in the Bible. We read the adventure stories that are in this book. And again, people don't have to make up adventure stories. There's enough adventure stories in the Word of God that would keep you busy for a lifetime, that would keep you excited about just different things that happened in the history of God's people from an adventure standpoint. We open this book and we read the science of this book. Again, sometimes mankind has to catch up with the Bible. God knows how things work better than we do. He made them all. And we're still discovering how some things work. There's probably things we haven't discovered yet and don't have any idea how they work that God says, oh, yeah, I made that when I created the world. And maybe one day he'll let us discover it. So we open the book and consume it as we read the history, the poetry, the adventure, and the science. As we read the instruction that are in this book, how to live our life. As we read the sermons and the prayers that are contained in this book. And so one of the ways we eat the word of God is we read it word after word sentence after sentence, verse after verse, chapter after chapter, book after book. We read it. Number two, we study it. We consume it or we eat it as we study it. Either in Sunday school, the ladies' Bible study, on Wednesday night, those times in our church where we come together and we specifically study the Word of God, where we dig into individual words, where we dig into the Greek and Hebrew. I don't know any Hebrew. I know a little Greek. He ran a restaurant for a while. But uh, I, 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 can, I can study. I can, I, I can look in, in my Greek dictionary. I can look in my Hebrew dictionary. I can, I can study the meaning of different words and go into the of what God was trying to say by that one word that he used. And we ought to spend some time in Bible study. It's a wonderful thing to read it. But we ought to spend some time digging into the word of God. Getting all the helps that are available in the world today uh, to help us understand what God is saying in this book. So we consume it as we study it. We consume it, number three, as we memorize it. As we take God's word and put it into our heart, as we put it into our memory. You know, memorizing the Bible is like riding a bike. You just get started. You just get started. You may fail. You just get back up and get back on and ride some more. That's the same way to memorize, memorize verses. You may not get it the first time. You may not get it the second time. But just keep working at it. Don't quit. Don't give up. And by the way... Nobody's too old. No, there's no verse in the Bible that says when you hit a certain age group, you need to quit memorizing the Bible. 
if it's good enough for the little kids on Wednesday night in Awana to memorize Bible verses, it ought to be good enough for the adults that are leading them and for the adults that are sitting in this room this morning to memorize the Word of God. We consume it. We eat it when we memorize it. We consume it. We eat it when we meditate on it. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, This book of law, talking about the Bible, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So we med- as, as we meditate on the word of God, we eat it. Now, what it means to meditate is, I get a verse. I think about it. I put it aside for a little bit. Then I come back to it, and I think about it some more. I put it aside again. I come back to it. I think about it some more. I pray. I ask God, tell me exactly what you meant when you said this in this verse. I study that verse. I meditate. It's like a cow chewing a cud. I don't know exactly how many stomachs a, child, a cow has, but I've, I've read that a cow eats some grass and, and, and chews it a while and then sends it down to one of their stomachs. And then they bring it up and chew on it some more. And then they send it down to another stomach, and then they bring it up and chew on it some more. Uh, And again, I'm not exactly sure. I I quoted a number one time, and I had all the farmers in the church. That's not right. There's not that many stuff. So I I quit quoting numbers. I don't know how many. See, I'm getting different numbers. So anyhow, they, they have more than one, and that's what it means to meditate. You just chew on it over and over and over. So we eat the word of God as we meditate on it. Number five, we eat the word of God as we hear it preached. And so a preacher takes a verse, zeroes zeroes in on a verse, explains that verse, explains the application of that verse, challenges us with that verse, and that way we consume or eat the word of God. Again, why do we eat it? Jeremiah says, I eat it, and it caused joy in my heart. And and that joy led to the rejoicing of my heart. And it was a cycle that just didn't end. What What is it about the Bible that as we eat it, as we read it, as we study it, as we memorize it, as we meditate on it, as we hear it preached, what is it about the Bible that causes joy in our heart? This is my message. I have six points this morning. Usually I only have three, but I figured since you came all this way in the snow and the ice, risk your life to get to church this morning, ought to give give you double of what I usually give you. So just set back. Brother Bob talked about bringing food in. About 1.30 we may want to call. No, I'm just teasing you. But there's six things I want to mention. Some of you are giving me dirty looks. Uh, Look, I know you got the pot roast in the oven. I'll be done just about my normal time. But there's six things I want to mention this morning that as we consume the Bible, cause joy to come into our heart. Number one, it's the way to salvation. The Word of God is the way to salvation. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved... Through faith, through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
The way of salvation comes by the word of God, which causes faith, and we're saved through, by faith through grace. The Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch was on his way back from Jerusalem. He was on his way back home. He was riding in his chariot. He was reading the, the, from, from the book of Isaiah. Um, uh, God had a preacher named Philip who had just had a great revival in Samaria, had the whole town saved. Everybody in town was saved. And God told Philip, he said, look, there's one more person I want you to get today. One more soul I want you to lead to Christ today. I want you to go out into the desert. I want you to go out and meet this Ethiopian that's traveling home, reading the Bible. And so Philip went up, and the Bible says, joined himself to the chariot. Said, what are you reading? He says, well, I, 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 I. and the Ethiopian said, I'm, I'm reading from, from, from the book of Isaiah. He said, but I, I don't understand it. And, and Philip said, well, would you like somebody, and I'm putting it in my own words, would you like somebody to explain it to you? And the Ethiopian said, yes. And he took him into the chariot. And Philip began taking the word of God in the, from the book of Isaiah. Probably Isaiah chapter 53. I don't know, it doesn't say, but maybe Isaiah 53. And explained the way of salvation to that Ethiopian eunuch. He got saved and a few minutes later they stopped and he was baptized. Why? Because the word of God caused faith to come into that man's heart. And he received Jesus Christ as his savior. I read a story one time about an atheist. Didn't believe in God at all. And he set out to prove that the Bible was a dishonest, untrue book. And somebody challenged him and says, Hey, mister, have you ever read the Bible? And the atheist said, No, I never have. And the, and the guy that was challenging him said, Well, what a hypocrite you are. You're, you set out to disprove a book that you've never read. Why don't you read it? And the atheist took the challenge. He began reading the Bible at the book of Genesis. And the story goes, he was saved before he got to the New Testament. The word of God is the way of salvation. You see, it's only the Bible that tells us that we're sinners. It's only the Bible that says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. It's only the Bible that tells us that there's a penalty for sin. The wages of sin is death. It's only the Bible that tells us that somebody paid that penalty for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. It's only the Bible that tells us that. It's only the Bible that tells us how to receive that payment for our sins. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's only the Bible that tells us to call upon the name of the Lord, and we shall be saved. I know this morning that probably most of us here are Christians. Most of us have pro- are, are saved this morning. We've, 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 we've made that transaction of faith. We've prayed and asked Jesus to be our Savior. But I want to tell you, this book still causes us joy because it reminds us, it reminds every single one of us how we got saved. It wasn't of us. It wasn't through us. And there was nothing about us that made us worthy to God. It was what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us on Calvary. And this book reminds us of that. 
And every time we read it, if we let it, it'll cause joy in our heart because it will remind us of what Jesus Christ did for us. So it's a way of salvation. Number two, it's nourishment. It's nourishment. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Just like our physical bodies need bread, so our spirit needs to be nourished from the bread that's contained in the word of God. I don't know about you, but when I don't eat and I get hungry, you know what happens? First of all, I get a headache. Then I get grouchy. And then I begin to hurt, not only in my head, but different places. I just get a feeling of a weakness. And I've never taken it this far. Uh, but I, I know, I guess, if you don't eat long enough, eventually you die. You die. Do you know the same thing happens to our spirit when we don't eat from this book? When we don't read this book? You know, you know, you know what happens? You, 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 you may not get a physical headache, but you, your heart begins to ache. And you get weak. And you get grouchy. You want to know how I know some of you haven't been in your Bible as much as you should be? Because you're a little bit grumpy. And you're a little bit grouchy. You haven't got to, I don't mean to meddle, but I'm preaching. So just take it. If it hits you, take it. Uh, uh, and, And you know what? The worst thing that you can do is to stuff yourself and then starve. And then stuff yourself and then starve. We need to read this book like they tell us to eat. Little meals throughout the day. In fact, I read somewhere, and I I like this guy, I don't even remember his name. He said, you ought not to eat just three meals a day, you ought to eat seven. I said, amen to that, brother, seven meals a day. But then I read the fine print that said, you shouldn't stuff yourself those seven meals, just eat a little bit seven times a day. That's the way we ought to read this book. We ought to go back to it. We ought to go back through it throughout the day. Uh, time after time after time, and read what God has for us as nourishment. Number three, reading the Bible, consuming the Bible, keeps us well. In Psalm 107, verse 20, he sent his word and healed them. You know, when we get sick, we go to the hospital. You know what part of the treatment is? They put you on a hospital diet. Depending on what your condition is, you can have this and this, but you can't have this and this. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I don't like hospital food very much. And the times I've had to be in the hospital, I've always asked people that are coming to see me, hey, would you bring me something to eat? Would you stop and get me a Whopper? Would you stop and get me a Big Mac? You know, something that's good that I, I, I like. And most of them care enough about me and say, no, sorry. We're not going to break your diet. Uh, but it keeps us well. You, 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 your, your mom, when you got sick, what she prescribed for you? Chicken noodle soup. I wonder if there's any healing properties in chicken noodle soup. Yes, yes okay. Stay out of my preaching. All right. Chicken noodle soup. Drink lots of juices. I mean, that's what doctor, that's what doctor moms have, have prescribed. Well, the word of God is like medicine. When we get sick, when we get discouraged, when we get lonely, when we get depressed, when we get sick of spirit, we need to take the medicine that's in the Bible given to us by God. We need to eat it. We need to consume it. Number four, 
The Word of God causes joy in our heart, not only because it's the way of salvation, not only because it's nourishment, not only because it's medicine and keeps us well, but number four, it gives us joy because it guides us. Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, when I used to work for GM, I, especially at the, at the end, I did a lot of traveling. I mean, I, I traveled every week, and I would go to different cities where we had warehouses, and I would, you know, spend a couple, three days in those places. And, and uh, sometimes I, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I didn't know where I was. I mean, I, I just couldn't remember where I was. And I, and I get up and, 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 and be in an unfamiliar room, and invariably, if I had to get up in the middle of the night for something, I would stub my toe. Now, you know, we talked about the different parts of the body and how even the ones that we don't think about very much are important. You know, when you stub your toe, it hurts. It's a pain. It causes your whole body to hurt. Well, a couple nights ago, I was home in my own bedroom. I had to get up in the middle of the night. You know what happened? I stubbed my toe. So it really doesn't matter if you're in a strange place or in a familiar place. If it's dark and you're walking around, there's a possibility that you're going to stub your toe. Somebody asked me one time, so why don't you get your nightlight? Well, if I wanted a nightlight, I'd leave the light on. I don't like to sleep with the nightlight on. I want it to be dark so I can go to sleep. But I realized, Brother Kenny, if I had a nightlight, I probably wouldn't stub my toe. <laughs> the Bible is our guide. It's our guide. Whether we're in a strange place, a place that we don't go to often or maybe have never been there before, or we're in a familiar place, a place where we live, a place where we spend a lot of time, the best thing to have is a book, is a light that will guide us and tell us which way to go. That's what this book does. It causes joy in our heart because it guides us. Number five. It causes joy in our heart because it keeps us clean. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This book is like soap. It keeps us clean. You know, when I was a kid, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I was only, I'd, I'd only bathe when somebody made me. It's because I had too much to do. I mean, I, I, I had games to play and friends to be with and bikes to ride. And I, I mean, my, my, my mom and dad made me bathe. <laughs> I was thinking about it the other night. You know, you talk about waterboarding. My mom was the original waterboarder. Because <laughs> she would take us. We had this big cast iron sink down in the basement beside the washing machine. And she'd take us down there and make us put our head in that sink, and then she'd turn the water on like a fire hose and wash our hair. I mean, the soap would get in my eyes, it would in my mouth. I said, you're drowning me, you're drowning me. She said, shut up and be still. I said, you need to cut your fingernails, you're digging into my scalp. Shut up and be still. Now, I've matured. I love showers now. The hotter, the better. And the stronger the water pressure, the better. I, I mean, I, I, I take a shower in the morning. Most of the time I take one at night. If I was home at noon, now we got the showers in the church out here. Maybe at noon I'll stop and take another shower. I don't know. But it just feels good to be clean. It feels good to be clean. That's what this book does to us. It helps us to stay clean. And then number six. 
it helps us see who we really are. It helps us see the condition of our heart. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and it is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts. A lot of times we can fool other people. A lot of times we can fool ourselves. But we can't fool the Bible. Can't fool the Bible. You spend time in this book, and it is a sword. It cuts away all the veneer. It cuts away all all the outside. It lays open so that we can see our hearts. It lays open so that we can see our mind. The thoughts and intents. We may try to avoid them, but you spend time in this book, and God's going to point them out to you. I mean, he'll just hit you between the eyes with something that's in your mind or something that's in your heart that shouldn't be. And this book will point it out. It's like a mirror. And you can turn away from it, you can ignore it. But every time you open this book, it'll come back, and it'll show you what's in your heart and what's in your mind. So we eat the Word of God. We eat it when we read it. We eat it when we memorize it. We eat it when we study it. We eat it when we meditate on it. We eat it when we hear it preached. And as we eat it, it causes joy in our heart. Joy unspeakable and full of glory because it is the way of salvation. It reminds us how we've been saved. It is nourishment. It is medicine. It lets us see who we really are. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior... Would you listen to the Bible as it tells you that you're a sinner and there's a penalty for that sin? But somebody paid the price. Glory to God. Jesus paid the price for your sin. And he offers to you this morning the gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation, if you'll come and take it. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Again, I think most of us here this morning are Christians. Let's make sure that we have that joy, that joy unspeakable and full of glory that's in our hearts. Let's make sure we stay in this book. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is a book that shows us that we need Jesus. Thank you that it is a book that points him out to us. I can just imagine in my mind the Ethiopian eunuch as he was riding along that day and Philip came up to him and those two men started talking about Jesus. What a wonderful time it must have been in his life when he realized he was a sinner and that Jesus died for him. I pray, Father, if there's just one person here this morning that has never confessed Christ, never asked him to save him, that this very moment would be the moment for them to make the same decision, the moment to ask Christ to save them. Many Christians here this morning, help us rejoice that we have made that decision. Remind us of where we've come from and what we've been brought to and what we have to look forward to in that city that Kelly sang about a moment ago. And so I just pray, Father, that you just bless this time of invitation. You speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. We'd be obedient and we do what you instruct us to do. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.